This is the Traversityist. I'm Gretchen Carr, creator, producer, and host. I invite you to join me on an exploration of regional culture in and around Traverse City, Michigan. If you are new to this podcast, welcome. Be sure to check out our previous episodes. The production of The Traverse Cityist is supported by friends who give monthly contributions. You too can become a friend. Learn more at TraverseCityist.com. This episode of The Traverse Cityist is brought to you with the support of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northwestern Michigan, whose mission is to create and support one-to-one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Since 1970, Biggs has served over 15,000 children in a five-county region throughout northwestern Michigan. Currently, Biggs is serving nearly 400 children annually, changing outcomes and reversing the downward spiral brought on by poverty and childhood trauma. To learn more, visit BiggsUpNorth.com. Jerry Schiffman is a father of four and a grandfather to 15. In his retirement, he devotes a significant amount of time caring for his grandchildren. And while that keeps him busy, he is compelled to make a difference for other children in his community. There isn't a greater value, return on investment, investment that can be made than in youth. They are going to take over. And this is crazy now. If they're not prepared, we're done. We are screwed. Who's going to make sure that I'm safe and protected when I no longer can? That's what I did when I was younger, is I made sure that my kids, that they were safe and protected, okay? I need to make sure that that follows suit later on in life. Jerry loves to sail. In 2021, he founded a charter sailing company. I said to my wife, I'm going through my bucket list. Uh, I've been sailing uh, now 53 years I've been sailing. A lot of experience. And, uh, and I love it. I want to do a commercial venture. That commercial venture is Seaside Sailing Excursions and Charity Charters, LLC. Proceeds and contributions from paying customers are used to support the mission of Charity Charters, which is to give underprivileged and at-risk youth an opportunity to experience the thrill of sailing. Jerry's boat, Impulse, is an impeccably maintained, modern, well-equipped 2006 Catalina C310, measuring 32.5 feet in length. She is Coast Guard certified, and can carry up to six passengers plus crew on West Grand Traverse Bay. She is a joyous, beautiful, and seaworthy vessel. Jerry loves his sailboat. It brings him joy, and he wants to share that joy with people that need it most. We've got to have people who understand what our global condition is, who understand what our human condition is, who understand mental health and an awareness to such thing. And, and so if we aren't out there inspiring, mentoring, uh, sharing the vision with our experience, strength, and hope, we're done for. We're doomed. And so I said to my wife, I'm going to get my captain's license, which has been on my bucket list for many years. I'm going to get my captain's license, which I became a, a fully 
a master 100 ton licensed captain and I'm going to certify the boat um, as a commercial vessel and I'm going to start a sailing company with a little different mission and that is our charitable mission to provide free of charge opportunities uh, for underprivileged and at-risk youth to come out and have an experience that they might otherwise never have the opportunity in their lives to have. Not only that, but I would then have an opportunity to expose them to me and my story and my experience, strength, and hope. Jerry's story is a classic tale of rags to riches. He did not have a happy childhood. My family split up when I was four. That first four years was pretty harsh. The next three years from uh, four to seven for me was even harsher. And we moved multiple times and we lived in what I refer to as the Jewish ghetto in the big city of Toronto. And I didn't own a pair of pants that didn't have holes in them or shoes that didn't have holes in them. And um, uh, times were pretty tough, pretty lean. When Jerry's mother was pregnant, she was exposed to radiation from x-rays. Because of this, Jerry was born with deformed hands. Instead of being treated with love and kindness, he was treated with scorn and ridiculed by his mother. Jerry learned from a young age that he was not worthy of love. You don't deserve that. Are you kidding? You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not capable enough. Okay. Look at your hands. You, what the hell do you think you can do? You can barely pick your own nose. D worthy of love? Are you kidding? You're not worthy of love. You're not worthy of kindness. You're not worthy of understanding. The emotional and physical abuse took a toll on him. School was no better for Jerry, and because of his hands, he was continually bullied by his peers. At the age of 16, he decided that he wasn't going to be bullied anymore. So one day, he simply walked out of school he never finished 10th grade. I think there's a real advantage of me not having been higher educated. Because in my simple mind, I've had to learn to communicate in a way that, um, is, in, that is effective and impactful. After leaving school and his home, he moved in with a friend and started working as a carpenter. He became a very skilled manual laborer, eventually starting a successful construction company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Jerry credits his success to relationships. I had the good fortune to form relationships with people that knew more than I did about things and were willing to teach me and show me. Some of those people became mentors for me. Some of them were just sweet guides along the way. When Jerry was 52, he sold his company to his employees and retired. While traveling the country, he and his wife discovered Leelanau County and chose it to call it their home. He loves his community and he continues to thrive by creating relationships and giving back to his community. He knows that his experiences help him to relate to others who are with little or no hope. I will tell you that for me, 
my suffering, even that suffering that I experience today, um, comes from a wounded younger me that never had the opportunity to be heard, to be cared for, to be trusted, to trust. And every time that wounded younger me tried to trust and was betrayed, that, that cavern became even deeper. And then we reach hopelessness. And without hope, we're doomed. We have nothing. We will turn to a life of destruction. Because at that point, rather than elevating, choosing to elevate ourselves, choosing to become a greater being, um, we choose to hurt others. And we want company there. And we choose then to have someone else hurt as bad as we're hurting, suffer as bad as we're suffering. But when we do that to people who are hurting and who, who, who don't have the same condition that we have, uh, it turns them right away. Right? And it's only to people who have the condition that, that stand a chance of sharing an empathetic moment, right? Empathy, that, that wordless language that feels, doesn't speak, and uh, it embraces, it doesn't repel, it doesn't run. And um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, to be heard, to be, to be heard and, and understood by healthy beings is a far greater challenge for those of us who are wounded than to be heard and embraced by another wounded being. Because there's an understanding there's a connection. Oh, I get it. I want to show you where I've been. And I want to show you where I am now. And I want to show you what choice you have. So we can do all of this uh, on the confines of this sweet little sailboat offshore, having a magical experience. When Jerry welcomes guests aboard his boat, he makes sure that they are prepared and he lets them know what to expect. It's a thrilling dynamic. And, and what I do is I invite them because many times they're traumatized when they show up at the dock. As soon as they step aboard the boat and it starts rocking and I start explaining to them that a sailboat is not supposed to stay flat in the water. That what intentionally happens with the engineering design of a sailboat is when we capture wind and harness that wind, we heal over, we lean over. An impulse, when she's really dialed in and the conditions are right, she likes to be at 25 to 30 degrees of, of, of heel, lean. That means that there's a high side and a low side. And that changes as we change course and we change tacks, right? And what was the high side, now is the low side, and vice versa. And I explain all of this before we leave the dock. Um, I give them as much information as I possibly can about what they're about to experience and why things happen the way they do. And as we're moving out of port, I'm typically the only one talking and I am explaining exactly what's happening to each and every one of them and um, inviting questions replying with answers and so by the time we hoist the sails 
and and douse the engine, they already know verbally what is expected, what's going to come. One of the first things that people notice about Jerry is his hands, and that could make one wonder how he is able to handle his boat. I joke often uh, because of my hands. Uh, I say, uh, I was born to single hand sail. <laughs> um, and uh, because again, there's no fingers on my left hand at all, uh, but it still uh, it, uh, does the job. Uh, I have an autopilot, a very sophisticated mm -hmm. autopilot on this boat uh, that, uh, that I can set uh, to a course. I can set it to follow the wind. So a sailboat is not meant to sail straight into the wind. We cannot sail straight into the wind. We sail off the wind. I asked Jerry to share a story about an experience he had had with one of his guests while sailing. I had a, I had a, um, I had a family last year that um, the, 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 young, the young man was, uh, young man was seven years old. His sister was 12. Um, living with their mom and uh, I was on the Facebook and I saw um, a, com a conversation going on about a family that had been struggling and the children and the family was displaced and um, they'd been through quite hardship and and so the the uh, part of the conversation was some people looking for some activities that could be fun and wholesome for the children to expose the children to that that could be affordable attainable there could be you know sponsorship just give them a little joy give them some joy uh -huh. right and it was clear that the family wasn't going to be able to pay for it right so I chimed in and I invited them to contact me and uh, to do uh, to go out on a sailing excursion. Uh, so the woman who uh, contacted me mm -hmm. and said, you know, tell me about. So I did. She said, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I contacted the mom of the two children, and we opened a dialogue. Mm -hmm. We agreed on a time and date, and. Um, and the morning that they were supposed to come, they were supposed to come about noon. And that morning, she reached out and she said, um, my car's broken down. Um, I have no way to get us to the harbor. I said, that's no worry, where are you located? And um, they, were in a, uh, they were in a shelter and um, at the Goodwill Inn. They were living at the Goodwill Inn. So I said, all right, I'll be there at 11.30. Um, I'll pick you up and uh, we'll come down to the boat and then after we're done, I'll bring you guys back. She was floored. She couldn't believe that I would do such a thing. Well, of course. She said, I, I, can't, I can't give you any money for gas. I, can't. I said, I don't expect any money for gas. So, um, so I pulled up 
in my Tesla that doesn't need gas. And the seven-year-old looked at the car and I could see him mouth Tesla. And his jaw dropped and I got out of the car to greet them and he was just transfixed on the car. And she said, oh my gosh, this is his dream car. He, does, he talks about nothing but Tesla, right? Um, and, and I said, buddy, I'm Captain Jer. Have you ever ridden in a Tesla? No. So we're going to ride one today. Let's go. So in we got. That would have been enough for him. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We got to the harbor. Uh -huh. uh, well, at, on our way to the harbor, we stopped. I said, I said are, are you guys hungry? And they looked at their mom before they answered. And I said, you know what? I have a special treat that I give to everyone who comes aboard. And so we pulled in the subway. And in we went, ordered up three of their biggest sandwiches. We brought them aboard. And we went out. The wind and the waves usually inspire spontaneity and thought. The family was curious about Jerry, and they asked him about his life. Jerry shared his story and then asked the siblings a question. You know, we started dialoguing, and, and I said to them, um, do you know what a goal is? And the daughter, they were very intelligent kids. Um, we kind of all arrived that way. And, and then... And then, and then um, and then we're exposed to dumbing down exercises. Um, but the daughter said, yes, I do. I know about goals. And, and I've heard it referred to as vision. Um, and I said, great. Let's, let's talk about some goals. I said, um, little man, I bet I can guess what one of your goals is. He says, to get a Tesla. I said, yep, that's what I was going to guess. And I said, do you know what? You can accomplish that. I did. And I came from where you are. I looked at her and I said, uh, sister, what, what goal do you have? She said, I want a boat. I want a boat just like this, a sailboat just like this. And I said, that's awesome. I said, uh, you can do that because I did, and I came from where you are. And then I said, is there anything else that you'd like to do? Anything else that's really important that you'd like to do when you become successful? Because I fully expect that both of you are going to be very successful people, and you're not only going to help to change things for the better in this world, but you're going to be able to accomplish a lot of things for a lot of people, not just for yourself. So what else would you like to do? What other goal might you have? And they both simultaneously looked at their mom and said, we'd like to buy our mom a house. I said, of course you would. You'll be able to do that. So we went on to talk about how we make goals and how we, uh, how we make choices. Because that's all a goal is. A goal is, is choosing to do something, setting a course for it, and building the relationships 
around you to make that happen, to facilitate it, to manifest it. And, um, and that's all we do. That day on Jerry's boat gave the mother and her two children some hope. A year later, Jerry learned that the family no longer is living in a shelter. They, um, they are in a home. She's paying rent um, in a house that is home. Yes, paying rent. Uh, the kids are doing really well in school. They, um, they're going to be coming out with us this year. As Jerry said in the beginning of our story, the most important investment we can make is the one that we make in youth. We all need people. We all need relationships. Relationships is what it's all about. I would never have become um, successful, both personally, creatively, or financially, without relationships. If I didn't re realize the importance of relationships and build those relationships, develop those relationships, what's that about? That's connection, right? Um, it's engagement. We need that. I'm Gretchen Carr. Thank you for listening to The Traversidious. This episode of The Traversidious was brought to you with the support of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Northwestern Michigan, whose mission is to create and support one-to-one -one mentoring relationships that ignite the power and promise of youth. Since 1970, Biggs has served over 15,000 children in a five-county region throughout northwestern Michigan. Currently, Biggs is serving nearly 400 children annually, changing outcomes and reversing the downward spiral brought on by poverty and childhood trauma. To learn more, visit BiggsUpNorth.com.